So my cousin by marriage has started playing D&D as a tattoo artist. Nice. And I'm commissioning her for a tattoo. Nice. She do good work? Yeah. We yeah, should get really tattoos good. together. Okay. I My tattoo, actually, I wanted to get something to commemorate the like full campaigns I've actually run through over COVID. Mm. Um, so I'm going to get like the uh, a version of the shield of the hidden Lord from descent to Avernus. Um, and then like the sword of Zeriel from that. And then the sun sword from curse of Strahd, like cross behind it and maybe a flaming D 20 above it. Like right there. Oh, wow. So I thought originally I was going to put like a scroll work banner to be filled in with the names of the campaign. But I was like, why not? They all have a sword. Just do the sword. That would look fucking cooler. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is time, the time for me to get that displacer beast. Hmm. I didn't. I did. We talk about you wanting a displacer beast tattoo, or did you find like a black market pet dealer that will? Well, so here's the thing. You've just described tattoo a tattoo you would want to get based on games during COVID, and the magical thing about COVID for me, because I was alone by myself for 15 months, was that it spared me from getting a bunch of tattoos. Like I would have a lot of stupid tattoos right now if it wasn't for COVID because I had a hair up my ass about getting tattoos and I was like, I'm going to do this one and this one and this one. What's social distancing? What? No, we got to stay home. Huh? <laughs> They're closing everything down. Huh? What if they had like a six foot pole with a tattoo gun on it and a trigger? <laughs> yeah. Get out. Get out. Get out. Yeah. So I was like, all right, when this two weeks is up, I'm going to get these tattoos. 15 months later, I was like, man, I really saved myself and some money by not getting these terrible tattoos. Yes. And one of them was a displacer beast. Okay. That'd be boss, actually. It would be boss, but, you know, people don't like D&D anymore. Why, why not? Because of the stuff that Wizards of the Coast has been, a la Hasbro has been doing. Really? Like what? <clears throat> I don't know. Haven't you heard? No, I somehow missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Wizards of the Coast. I don't hate Hasbro. I am extremely fed up with them and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I'm just not in a parasocial relationship with a um, large corporation. Yeah. Is where I'm at. Like, yeah. Like my disdain for what's happened is like, I'm not trying to take some sort of moral stand. I'm not trying to be like, oh, in the credits of the D&D movie, you said the game was created by Hasbro. It's created by Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson, and you should have given them credit. It's like, I don't care about Stan Lee being in all the Marvel movies. I, You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't give a shit. I don't have that kind of relationship with Hasbro Wizards of the Coast. I'm kind of just fed up with D&D in general. Like it's not doing anything compelling for me and Wizards of the Coast isn't doing anything compelling for me. So I'm just naturally looking in other places for other things. It's just run its course. That's it. With everything that's happened, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, well, let's see what about the cyber today. system has. Did you hear about today's thing? No, what's today's thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something happened today. Great. Uh, so their big new, like first, I guess, sort of first with their new model they're doing for D and D 
whatever it's called one or whatever like first mm-hmm. book sort of compatible with that is like the big b presents the giants or whatever like mm-hmm. a book i was never gonna buy because i'm like i don't want a whole book about fucking giants because i like almost never use them they're like one of the least interesting monsters yeah just uh, super supersized humans yeah they're real big and very powerful and hard to to fight because they can hit real hard or you know okay cool i'm ettons are cool mm-hmm. um but yeah uh one of the artists said that okay here is here's what he said okay let's hear it i used ai to polish up some of my drawings (laughs) (laughs) this morning they said that the the news broke this morning like Mm -hmm. coming out of gen con weekend ladies and gentlemen not that wizards goes but like and let me guess, the images look surprisingly like something else. No, no. No? Oh, okay. Yeah, he actually, yeah. I, he just people just took a... it. People took it really well. Nuanced, <laughs> reasonable uh-huh. approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, Wizards immediately made a statement like, we did not know that this artist was doing that. And uh, we are revising our policy and uh, will not be using AR, AR in the future. Mm -hmm. so you know i i stand behind what i said before i don't care yeah Welcome to the Jaunty Mantis. This is a podcast of creative questions for curious gamers. I'm your co-host, Maddie, and joining me is co-host, Jesse. Say hello, Jesse. Hello, Maddie. Aha, you didn't do it. (laughs) All right. And speaking of creative questions, Jesse, I have a creative question for you for this episode. Okay, shoot. Does fantasy need to get weirder yes this has been the john t mantis thank you all for right listening. good night everybody send your complaints to jiggerous fet uh <laughs> no okay do you, you know what i mean though right or maybe yeah, you don't okay so we got you, you've got bog standard fantasy which is typically vaguely european medieval some sliders might be on it um does it need to be stranger yeah i think every so often and i think this has come up many times over the last 10 15 20 years and that's kind of one of the advantages of being a 40 something grognard gamer is that you have had the opportunity to see this come up many times over the course of your gaming careers people are sick and tired of the tolkien-esque european you know middle earth style fantasy and people 
asked this question frequently and 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 regularly uh you know should fantasy just be weirder and i thought this this is a difficult question to answer because with the influx of new gamers every time we have new popularity coming towards role-playing games specifically dungeons and dragons it hits the reset button on this question in my opinion so do you know what i mean like you like when you so i ask my myself this question a lot i say can we make this more interesting right without doing the white person thing of oh hey look culture from a different place in the world that I don't belong to I'm just gonna grab it and that's my magic system you know because that's the that's the state we're at in this culture is in general I think a lot of people are trying to be more respectful of these things that were overlooked in the past in the past we had books like oriental adventures and other you know I'm trying so hard to not say it You know what I mean? We had those books. Those were attempts by the people who made Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing games to do something different than Tolkien-esque fantasy, and that's how it turned out. Yeah, and uh, it's it's unfortunate because it's not going to be, you know, people are not going to be happy with that. No, and they shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Shugenja. <laughs> Shugenja. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, so what do you think about this overall? Like, are you okay with the status quo or because you you've dipped your you've done more than dip your toe into the OSR. And that uh, is definitely getting weird and mm-hmm. dark and weird and dark and weird. Um, yeah, no, I, I find I find those places more compelling. I mean, it's so weird because if you go back to like what the appendix in right from old school D&D the reference sources for those are actually not Tolkien and they are mm. weird mm. like okay we talked uh we recorded the episode about magic we talked about Vancey and magic like the dying earth is like some weird fantasy there like example real weird uh but it seems like mainstream fantasy role play, role play is going to have mm. your same core races your same sort of villainous you know forces in the world um it's not i mean like on an individual country level there's so much that is like odd in forgotten realms but like Mm -hmm. do you really ever experience it in play it's almost like what you said about the younger generation too and this is just a collection of impressions and tropes this is not a well-researched or thought out opinion okay but no if you're doing those you're on the john yeah i need to remind you you're on the john t mantis podcast i i'll just uh let me just say agency so you can check that one off your bingo cards <laughs> and um yeah um it seems like there is a it, i would say the popularity is there because it's a it's an easy set of tropes that people can lean into but the world is there to be the straight man mm-hmm. to the player characters mm-hmm. and i want the world to be more of the um i i, I don't know uh the guy that you don't know who shows up in your apartment at like three in the world to try and sell you something mm-hmm. 
that you have no idea how he got in. The house is entirely locked and he's there. He's not the straight man. He's, um, yeah. Right, right. Hmm. Okay. So explain agency then to me. How does that factor into No, I just it? wanted to say it because I've said it like virtually every episode. It has, it oh. has nothing to do with the topic yet. I'm sure I'll get to it. Oh, okay. Because I have some thoughts on agency. Because in my opinion, it's already getting weird. You just don't know it. From my point of view, and I'm sure a lot of other Grognard gamers of a certain age would agree, D&D is weird now. Fifth edition is weird now. There's fucking cat people and like, I saw a picture of a cult playing a kobold as a player character and it was the cutest uh, cartoonified kobold I'd ever seen. I was like, and I don't have a problem with it, but I'm, I loved uh, kobolds for being the evil uh, trap making stab you in the back, just like verminous, like you can knock them over and by winking at them kind of creatures like, uh, but now they're cute and fun and nuanced as far as they have feelings and a personality. And what is it like to be a kobold? And have you seen we, the three you know... kobolds in a trench coat? <laughs> yeah. So like that, I think it's already getting weird. It's, it's just a matter weird, of your though? perspective. I think it is to, to people who are used to things being a certain way. Like I use weird in quotes because I'm totally okay with it. If you're, if you're playing a character like Jonathan from the D and D movie, what are they? There's an Eric Hakra. like Eric Hakras go way back for D and D, but now it's just people want to play them. They want to be bird people and cat people. And they want to, you know, use all these different elements you watch fox machina and they are incorporating tieflings and other you know goliaths and all these other things these are part of the lexicon of fantasy culture that is going even past dungeons and dragons so in my opinion we're already going weird we're moving away from tolkien fantasy which is the common complaint i don't know if they have tieflings in vancian fantasy or whatever it's called <laughs> Uh, I think you, um, you have dragonborns officially now, you know, the, the half dragon or dragon kin and older editions were sloppy late additions to the rules. Cause it just didn't know how to make them work. Now it's official dragonborn or a thing. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I think uh, the closest thing to Vancey and stuff though, would be the new races <laughs> created by the pristine tower of Athos that are just like weird one-off to like dudes with completely blue skin that's that's mm. that's weirder to me um i i don't know i i hate i don't want to be dismissive <laughs> but i don't know how to say this without being dismissive uh-huh it's just kind of twee like all the new stuff What's like twee? The cute like cute adorable it's like cozy sort of mm -hmm comfortable like knitted sweater like oh i'm just a strange little dude like mm -hmm. you know like but the world still you're there to be like the excitement and color in a world that's playing the straight man back to my original point right you know like i don't know i don't know and i like again like nothing wrong with that but that's not the kind of like walls melt uh you know mushroom trip gone bad weird i think about when i say weird gaming mm -hmm. i think that's kind of the crux of this of this conundrum 
is that for some of us, weird only goes in a few directions. Like for, I think when people say, well, fantasy needs to get weirder and they're thinking of darker, for instance, with the OSR, or they're thinking of some sort of like um, neo cyber fantasy or sci fantasy aspect to it. You know, like Numenera is a game that's definitely weird, but it's not weird because it's sci fantasy. It's weird because it's taking all of these really cool ideas and putting them together in a setting that actually works. Yeah. You know, it, like it, it, it's, it's got a lot of thought into it. You know, you're getting like a line right into Monty Cook's head about what this world is supposed to be like. And I think if, what is weird like how it do you define weird as being darker or crazier like or can weird also mean we're taking a more safer comfortable more inclusive more broad approach um painting with different kinds of brushes like orcs are people now they're not just the evil ugly things that show up and we kill them which is how it was when we were kids like orcs showed up the players killed them you didn't negotiate with orcs. You didn't try to figure out what their backstory was, or you didn't try to find out if they were running out of water. And that's why they had started moving from their, you know, nomadic territories or whatever the case may be. It wasn't a nuanced story when we were kids. <laughs> True, but we were also kids. And it's, I would say it's sort of harder for children to tell a nuanced story. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I, Again, I don't think that's weird. Okay. So it's what qualifies weird? It's, uh, I think it's a welcome change of direction. I think people are like doing some serious anti-colonial work, mm -hmm. um, like, or trying to through role-playing games, which, you know, after our challenging character discussion, I'm like, yeah, why not do that? Like, that's a challenge. But like, to me, it's not necessarily dark because mm -hmm. there's osr stuff that goes real dark and then osr stuff that doesn't like uh like seriously get i would love for you to get a chance to to flip through uh ultraviolet grasslands and the black city okay um which is basically like a psychedelic metal prog rock inspired like game and adventure module that every page looks like a yes album cover or uriah heap and it's just it's just weird it's mm -hmm. weird science fantasy uh of taking a caravan like to the from across the ultraviolet <laughs> grasslands to the black city yeah um, that sounds fucking awesome and i would love to do it but i'm only gonna i'm only gonna do a game with that kind of weird if at least 70 percent of the players want it yeah because here is the other problem with fantasy needs to get weirder is we all have different interpretations of weird we all have different things we're willing to accept we all have different boundaries and limits and i think the reason why the tolkien ask or our European medieval fantasy uh, starting zone kind of feel to it as far as, you know, having a, that's where your campaign is. I, I think this is a framework that everybody who is going to play this game understands. Like people understand basically what elves are, even if in the Tolkien books, elves are extremely off-putting. Like it, like I, that was one of the things that, I didn't like about the Lord of the Rings movies is 
there were very few moments where you felt like the elves were as off-putting as I remember reading them as in those books, right? Like elves are these like ancient, mysterious people who are experiencing the world differently than humans and being around them is fucking weird. And that should be weird enough for you under the context, but elves mean something different now. So I think in that context, like we're using elves and dwarves and halflings and orcs and castles and swords and dragons and all of these things. That's just the language you need to use to communicate what the setting is. If you go too far in that and your group's not on board with it, you're going to, your game is not going to work out very well. You're going to spend a lot of time doing what we told you to not do in our episode episode called world building with a light touch. <laughs> true. True. I guess just to clarify what I'm saying, you're talking about weird characters. I'm talking about weird anything. I, I know, but like in my view, what you've been describing in the last couple of minutes have been weird characters, which mm-hmm. I think have always sort of existed. Okay, what do you mean by that? Like you're playing characters that are weird and unique and different, like the 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 Goliaths or, or all the tieflings. Like those characters are strange. They are unusual. Yes. And that strangeness and unusualness uh, is usually a thing that people, I think, play because they feel the same way in the real world and they want to be strange and unusual in a, maybe in a world where they have a little bit more power and agency. Mm-hmm. So it's almost necessary for the world to be less weird for those people to have a positive play experience. I see what you mean. But if I could if I could play devil's advocate here, don't devil the, doesn't need an advocate, man. Doesn't don't the character classes inform the setting? Don't the character races inform the setting? Okay. Yes, kind of. <laughs> if you're playing a tiefling character, tieflings have to be enough of a thing so that you're not the only tiefling in the world. Do they? It's a whole entry in a book. Yeah, because it's a, something that's interesting for players. But does that mean there's whole like cities of tieflings? I mean, of course, you know, we know there are in Eberron because Eberron's just great. But um, mm-hmm. the the way I understand character classes and races, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but they are the mechanism that helps the players get buy in into the setting and what it's about and what they're capable of doing in that setting. Right, but does that mean that every person that picks up the world is a fighter of the character in, in that character class? Like most of the descriptions in recent editions of Dragonborn is like they're like they're why are they there? Well, they're transplants from another world and they have a small community in this one little place, and there's not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um okay. I think that's like Forgotten Realms is one. Uh, Like if you look at like 13th age, right? One of the things you do with character creation is you pick your one unique thing Mm -hmm. because it's sort of predicated on this idea that your character is really unique. I mean, I think I forget which game it is, but we've talked about like there's a game where it's not like you are a wizard. It's like you are the wizard. Mm -hmm. I think that's Dungeon World actually, isn't it? Like... 
I mean, in Dungeon World, they specifically state that people shouldn't be playing the same playbook. Is that what you mean? Yeah, like you are unique and like sort of as like as a hero or an adventurer, like you are unique and special with your character class. So mm. I don't know. I mean, you could make an argument and it depends on how you set up your campaign, but I don't think that like the character classes and character races establish the basis of what the normal world is like because by the nature of what your characters do in most adventure-based fantasy role-playing games, they're special. Mm-hmm. They're not like just everybody else. Right. But in some cases they are extrapolations of the world in the sense of you are playing a unique and special version of something like a cleric worships a God, but there are other people in this world that worship that God and your cleric. That God doesn't give those people magic. That's true, but the magic is provided to the community through the cleric. When a cleric goes into a town, a DM will or a GM will often, you know, have followers approach that cleric for religious services. That's a thing that happens in game. Do you see where I'm going with this? Like you might be the most special version of this thing, but there's still a connection to what the world is people you rep you are the representative or warrior of a god you're a paladin or a cleric of a god this is a divine force at work in this world and you are an extension of this divine force and it has influence over the people you know so therefore it informs the the players as to what the world is like by applying a very special lens on the character you see what i'm saying yep so if you go too far off the mark with something weird, then, you know, you st- I think you lose the players, essentially. And I think this is why anytime a new influx of players to D&D or role-playing games at large presses the reset button on this. And to be fair, I don't know if we're ever going to truly get weird in a mainstream capacity. I think these will just be articles that pop up on buzzfeed or whatever is that still a thing i don't know (laughs) (laughs) like oh yeah as a as a mainstream thing yeah i don't i don't think i talk to the mainstream i don't you know mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. yeah but i mean i think we should be talking to the mainstream on this podcast i think that's one of the points of what we do here is that i think this is part of our clever questions is to inspire people to to try something else to do things differently to to play something else besides Dungeons and Dragons, or at least to do your D&D game differently. Okay. So how would you do like a standard 5e D&D game, but make it weird? Like, oh, I just get Spelljammer in. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a callback. Is that our, is that our first that, that, callback? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. We'll yeah. do it again in two episodes, and then we'll hit the rule of threes, and then, you know, it'll be great. Yeah, and then the podcast um, will implode on itself. Yeah, I think I think it's setting... Uh, I think it's setting stuff and then you're going to going to have to do a lot of the world building with a light touch. Like mm-hmm. um, you're going to need to think about why your setting is strange and unusual or alien to expectations. Um, mm-hmm. If you want the overall fantasy to be an a weird or an odd fantasy. Yeah. Um, I don't think you need to do a lot of work to have weird characters. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think players are going to bring that to the table themselves. 
Um, but one of the things I got to think about this for like setting, um, again, something coming out of the OSR and what you said going back to about when people tried to make oriental adventures is we, I think, are really blessed to be living in an era where people from those traditionally uh, non not represented communities uh, are publishing gaming works. Mm -hmm. um, to even reaching into the mainstream, like Journeys to the Radiant Citadel has some really, really cool ideas for ways to have a D&D &D world, even if it's just like a little setting in one adventure, to have it be different and influenced or painted with a different set of brushes than what people in the Western tradition have been using forever. Mm -hmm. um, and that's great because it's those people are being compensated for their work mm -hmm. as opposed to like having their culture, like, you know, <laughs> ripped taking off. A, yeah. Taking a sword that and has misused. no hand grip and really only one edge and being like, it's the coolest of all blades. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, yeah, if, I, I would say if you were just doing 5e and you wanted to get into something that's a little bit more different, start with Journeys to the Radiant Citadel uh, mm -hmm. because everything is statted uh, in the game you already know how to play. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really well thought out, really well written uh, and influenced by a wide variety of cultures from around the world. And it's cool. Yeah. I feel like the easy solution because, uh, okay, so I think the easy solution to if somebody was like, okay, well, I don't want to do Tolkien fantasy. I don't want to rip off another culture's rich tradition of mythology and history in order to um, make something which has the, been the status quo up to this point. Um I think the easiest way to weird it up is to adjust the way magic works in your world if you're playing a fantasy game and what those institutions look like. Like D and like the thing about the D and D fantasy aesthetic being European medieval fantasy is if you know anything about history, it's completely inaccurate. You know, the the world that our characters live in in Dungeons and Dragons, like nobody's throwing shit out of the window uh, from a bucket. Yep. There's no toilets in any rooms like there's no outhouses. I've never played in a D&D &D game where somebody was like, oh, everybody is shitting outside in this outhouse. Like we don't talk about it. You know, we don't talk about when people die, they shit their pants. Uh, you yeah, know, they, don't they uh, don't show that part on TV. You know, they don't talk about how everybody has these crude beds that are filled with lice. They don't talk about how the majority of the food for the majority of people is definitely past expiration. They don't talk about how disease has run rampant. Well, that's grim things. fantasy. But see, that that's what I'm saying is like, if you want to add a, a certain level of weirdness, just take the status quo and start bending it in certain directions. You know, if you bend it far enough, you get grim dark or you get just grim fantasy, I guess. And so I think if you take the tropes and start like this is this was kind of the genius behind Dark Sun is like Dark Sun was like, well, we have all of these things, but here is the post apocalyptic sword and sorcery bent on 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 what you understand. So this this 
the the world of dark sun has elves but in dark sun they're like super tall and they run they run through the desert they're no kink writers (laughs) yeah and the majority of people think that they're like thieves and 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 uh backstabbers and nobody trusts them they they have a reputation for being like, doesn't everybody think that about everyone in dark sun though <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the halflings are cannibals and nobody trusts them you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> but like that's a perfect example is like find that touchstone or that point um that you can use with your group and say, okay, well, this world does have elves, and they basically function the way that we understand elves. But this thing happened, and they're a little bit different, and this is how they're different. Yeah, they fight with the bow and the sword. <laughs> I know it, elves is probably a terrible example because doesn't Forgotten Realms have like 62 different varieties of elves? There's like wood elves and high elves and sun elves and moon elves moon and elves. star elves and you know what I mean? So maybe that's a bad example. Can you and think half of drow that rule an entire kingdom? And <laughs> yeah. can you think of um uh of a a D and D style character species or race that it was different enough for you to be like, oh, that's an interesting take on that. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about Plangea. Do it. So, with the whole design being like this. This is a world where it's so new in creation that the planes have not yet separated. Like that's why it's plain Gia. All, mm-hmm. all of the planes are like, <laughs> like in one big supercontinent um, with dinosaurs. Um, and elves have not yet fully coalesced from the dream. So they're like translucent and literally filled with starlight. Mm-hmm. Um dwarves are partially rock having recently emerged from the stone of the earth uh there's a race called oozekin where like mm-hmm. uh an ooze like gets in your nose and takes over you and now you're kind of bendy and stretchy and have some of the memories of like that person but you are no longer human that's weird man mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh yeah i, I think those are all ways like like yeah and and that all that is to make it weird is like pick one element at the core of this thing that you think is interesting and then just turn the slider up to like a hundred like on that part of it Mm -hmm. um but then people are going to take the normal paths of you know well these elves fly or these ones live underwater or these ones are from the moon you know like is that truly being weird or is it just enough you know and in the examples that you gave those people clearly thought this through and came up with some extremely creative very compelling uh very intriguing i want to play this game kind of examples right but if we're being honest like this is why these games these this, this is why these games exist you know this is why people play these settings is because people like you know people more creative than me came up with something i want to play in you know what i mean i think like the ideal the the ideal compromise is something like eberron where you know keith baker looked at the way the races were described in the third edition player's handbook and said let's follow this through to its logical conclusion you know 
the abilities that the gnomes had in third edition Dungeons and Dragons, like to him, told the story of a, 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 a of a group of people who were very secretive, very private, um, you know, had illusion magic. Um, and that eventually finds its way into the logical conclusion of the trust, uh, uh, the government of the gnome nation, which is keeping an eye on everything and everyone within it. Um, so I think it, I think you don't even have to go to weird lengths to get what you're looking for. Just think it through, like follow it, like evolve the concept. You know what I'm saying? Like, so then is weird gaming what you're talking just, just a subversion of standard tropes. I think that's the best we're going to get as far as what your standard gaming group is, is going to be able to handle. Because I think that's that's why we haven't made these huge leaps and bounds in getting weirder than Tolkien fantasy. And I wonder if we ever will. I wonder if like this is just basically where we're going to stay and it's going to be these fringe ideas that, you know, a group of people come with come up with for a, a you know, a, a bona fide setting, you know, because you're going to have to skirt that line. If you want to make a weird game, you have you still have to sell it to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, this is why so many movies and TV shows, uh, like are just like made out of in a almost like in a factory kind of format, is because you have the people who own these movies and 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 they're running a business and they're like, well, we know that this worked forty times over here, so let's do it again, and the people who want to be creative and do something new and different are being stifled by it. It's like human beings have this abusive relationship with creativity, in my opinion, and the people who create, you know, it's like, I want something different, but not too different. I want it to be something I recognize so that I can find my place in it and identify with it. So make it weird, but not too weird. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, main, mainstream big D&D core setting is ever going to be super weird. No. I don't I don't I don't think it's going to be um because there's not that profitability probably there. But in the the indie RPG community, like, you know, in the indie scene, man. <laughs> I've been saying man a lot tonight. I do not like this new tick I've developed. Um <laughs> the weird is very very much alive i mean and i i think this might be fun um we won't just do rpgs because i know that i read tend to read a lot lot more of them than uh most people um mm. but as far like worlds fiction media we'll do let's do a trade like one for one what it is brief description what would be a source of inspiration in existing media or RPG books that you would go to or recommend to someone looking for weird uh, ideas to infuse the game at their table? Um, I would say the Dark Crystal would be a very uh, great example of something weird for your game uh, in the sense that when you watch that movie or that show, there's no actual humans on screen at any time the Gelflings aren't just like Elfin-like or Sylvan-like. Uh, the fact that they are puppets changes what they can do with them on screen. 
And so if you look at the shortcuts that they've had to make with like the Skeksis and the mystics and the story behind them, it's like, if you really are looking for a weird element, redesign your creation myth of your world around these kind of elements. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. That That's like a whole realm. If you can get one of the art books or one of those movies, just like find it at a used bookstore, like some old, art book there was a thing people did in the 70s and 80s is just do these weird sort of art books like the tolkien bestiary or mm-hmm. uh like okay here's my non-traditional one um uh douglas dixon uh the new dinosaurs yes or man my, after man that like, one was oh man that dinosaur book was my runner up i almost said that one first yeah i have both of those on my shelf so like find some weird art book from the 70s some high concept thing and explain that, that book explain the book okay so the new dinosaurs is an examination of evolution of what happened in a world where the asteroid or whatever extinction event never happened and dinosaurs continued to evolve uh onward over the next 65 million years um for different environments and different and there's some things in there there's like arctic dinosaur like assuming the weather patterns follow modern earth and it's not as hot what are those shifts to there's like these herd dinosaurs covered in like fur like feathers that live in the tiaga and like the tundra um, but then there's one predator, the species that hunts them, that looks just like them mm-hmm. uh, and produces a pheromone to be accepted by the, the, the pack. And then it strikes them with it. Like, it's just some wild, weird drawing of crazy looking dinosaurs. And then man after man is like humanity's nearing an extinction event. And so they start gene engineering people to live in these different extreme biomes and then the the you know humans that can leave earth in a colony ship and just leave these things behind and they evolve over the next millions of years um Mm -hmm. like the desert the desert people become like a hive species servicing a queen (laughs) and there's illustration it's so weird like Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah man after man or the new dinosaurs douglas dixon is it douglas or dougal i thought it was douglas but now you're now like my copy of this is around here somewhere because i like this book i first encountered as a kid and it has always been a source of inspiration and that's what i would say to do for that and that's kind of what we're doing right now with this one for one is like find something that appeals to you that is slightly off-putting and gets your brain juices working um you know there's actually i think monty cook games has a book specifically for this i think it's called the weird thousands and thousands of no the strange is a setting i think they have an actual book called the weird yes i'm looking at it right now it says thousands and thousands of amazing ideas for any game for every game. Um, and it is creative ideas that people have come up with in order to, you know, uh, help you, you know, create a setting. Um, I didn't know about that. I'm going to have to pick that up. Yeah, I think I, I've added it to my list of stuff. First, I want to see if the cipher system is for me, which I think it is. Um, 
but if it's not, then it's not. The um, the other, okay. So what what is another like specific reference? I would say, well, my obvious go to is Farscape. Uh, that should yes. be on the that'll be on the bingo card moving forward for for us on the on the jaunty mantis farscape was a lot of very interesting ideas of people who were cr- trying to do something different with science fiction this is back before the idea of a living spaceship was more commonplace or more mainstream um the alien races had specific like the the luxons were in, uh the, of course they were the aggressive warrior like species in the setting um but they often would go into detail about why they were the way they were, why they evolved the way they did. For instance, when a Luxon gets hurt, their blood becomes poisonous. And this is an, uh, a mechanism to kill predators who are trying to eat them at earlier stages in the in their development of a, as a species. And so the next conclusion of that is in episodes of the show, um, the you realize that this entire species of uh, of people evolved by putting themselves through extreme pain because the only reason the only way to alleviate or change the toxicity of their blood is to take more hurt it it causes that anatomical physical reaction that changes their blood so this is the reason why they developed into being that warrior species it isn't their culture necessarily it's also in their anatomy so i would cite that as a great way to find inspiration um, for taking these time-honored science fiction tropes and then just altering them just enough to make them unique and different and weird what about you got another one um going back to just getting specific with the content created by uh people of color um, the project A Thousand Thousand Islands um, is a, it recently ended uh, under some kind of tragic circumstances, but um, it is a bunch of zines uh, written by, um, yeah, written by people from the Asian community. Um, and uh, each one is like a little island that is just like, I pulled one up to get some reference for it. And it's uh, Merkurger the death rolled kingdom uh which is just this weird kingdom of alligator gods and blah 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 nice. and um like i don't know uh the gates here's a little sample i'm just going to read this give you an idea there's a line drawing of this thing the gates one is black and made of basalt blocks none smaller than an ox one is milk white and made of marble columns interlaced held up by no architectural principle you can see except maybe sorcery once this was not a lake but a city once this was a city of black walls of colonnaded bridges of market barges and military banners a border fortress a gateway to a great kingdom propelled by a race older than man and it's just little things like that uh there is a great crocodile god who will eat you i think there is an adventure inside the crocodile uh Hmm. in this yeah definitely I think one of the, I think this illustrates a very um a very sound point which is you don't have to do much to get weird. You yeah. don't have to imagine a super large scaled thing. You can focus on some really cool ideas 
and dial in deep on them instead of trying to go, you know, galaxy wide. Either way will work though. Here, here's an item from the list of items from Merkurger, the death rolled kingdom corpse, honey bees sometimes colonize the dead. This hive zombie stumbles through the forest, a marionette on many wings. It's honey is a miraculous panacea. You must exhaust a hive zombie with groovy music and vigorous dancing. Then it is <laughs> meek enough to be harvested. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. That's weird. That's yeah. real weird. I'm not going to read the entry for teak semen, but <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no problem. It's in there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's a whole set of zines. It's OSR stuff. It's uh, systemless, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but encounter tables, some weird random stuff. It's just cool. Right. Um, because it's someone taking elements of cultures of i think indonesia indonesia malaysia the philippines primarily um taking those elements but then putting the fantasy twist on them Mm -hmm. uh and that makes it just cool i mean it's just a cool source of weird that's out there and they Mm -hmm. look great on your shelf definitely i think for my final recommendation i would recommend a comic book series called planetary by warren ellis and john cassidy um warren ellis is definitely my favorite comic book writer um i don't know anything about him outside of his his uh his uh comic books and i think uh what like um he did castlevania the animated show on netflix and he is the kind of creative thinker that um really does a meta approach when it comes to creativity and writing and how people write stories and the kinds of science fiction or fantasy stories that get told. And he finds new and interesting ways to explore those ideas. And that's exactly what planetary is. It's like, it's a love letter to science fiction and comic books um, while that story is being told, especially like the idea of superheroes and, um and strange events and stuff like that so uh you don't you know there's there's it's like a plethora of amazing ideas to get inspired by and it's an amazing story cool uh i'm gonna throw out one more it's actually two but um the heart and the spire oh okay sounds familiar yeah rowan rook and deckard grant howitt Mm -hmm. that's right that's why it sounds familiar yes yeah talk about it's also got a b thing in it Um, (laughs) but the heart is a dungeon crawl where like the dungeon is possibly alive and the deeper you go the more it's like reality is unstable and it changes you so only the most strange and desperate of this weird mile high arcology called the spire up above go down into the depths and like yeah it's just beautiful weird and wild strange character classes Mm-hmm. really strange character glasses that's brilliant so yeah check those out awesome well do we have anything else to say about possibly making fantasy weird i i have to i have to preface every or i can't preface it because we've already all said it but uh my my kind of ps on everything that we've said is like i hope fantasy gets really weird i hope the future of D as a mainstream product is just filled with super creative stuff. And I'm not even looking for weird. I'm looking for different. 
you know, as a straight white man in his forties, you know, uh, like I, I, I just saw the Barbie movie and I like people like, Oh, what did you think about it? And I was like, this is exactly what I was looking for. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I'm getting really, I got, I've gotten really sick and tired of movies that end with guys playing uh, catch with their dads. Like I've been watching the same fucking movies my whole life. They've all been made for me as a straight white guy. Uh, I want something I can't relate to that's written from a different perspective that comes from a different culture that hasn't gotten this spotlight. Like, I'm not saying this stuff is weird. I'm just looking for different. So I hope we have a future where we have more people of color and, and, and female creators and queer creators and whatever we can get that's outside of the straight white guy uh, spectrum, because I think that our hobby desperately needs it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'll add, add <laughs> in too, with just uh, non-binary creators as well. Definitely. Definitely. So uh, we're learning, we're trying. <laughs> yeah. I apologize for the missteps, uh, but we are putting in the effort and we will get there. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, should I see if we have any email? Oh yeah. 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 It's before you do that, let me set it up. Hey everybody. Jaunty Mantis has an email address. Jaunty Mantis at gmail.com. Jesse's going to go ahead and read our very first email. Jesse, go for it. All right. Here we are. This email, uh, from a faithful listener, the, uh, Google community team subject line business tip, get a professional email business tip look more professional with a custom email give your business credibility with a professional email like jesse at your business using google workspace plus get an unlimited group email addresses twice the storage of personal gmail 24 7 support and more well google community team thanks for the listen yeah really appreciate it yeah uh we appreciate the question we will uh talk about getting a more professional yeah website uh or email in role-playing games next yeah. episode oh my gosh that could be a two-parter yeah i mean we could go on for hours about that right and look uh, we'll just keep reading the emails as they come to us so please listeners by all means send in your creative questions for these two curious gamers is jaunty mantis at gmail.com just jesse have you ever heard of social media um, I have, is, that's that thing, right? Where these incredibly powerful computers designed to get your attention or aimed directly at your brain and track mm -hmm. everything that uh, you're interested in and then give you more of it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Are we on it? Uh, we are, uh, we are on the, <laughs> oh, are you okay? I'm trying to say X, uh, but just pronounce it like it's a word. I don't know. That's wonderful. Um, yeah so so are we on the that uh, yes. what, that's the sound we are at uh at wanty mantis um mm. just flip the a and the u like i did when i set up the the twitter account um and we are on threads at jaunty mantis and we are on instagram at jaunty mantis perfect perfect and if you have any questions for these two curious gamers send them on over to there and until then, we will see you back here next week on the John DeMantis. We won't see you at all because this is an audio format. 
but you will be able to listen to us for some reason. We have three listeners or maybe more. Jesse, uh, what's our catchphrase or what's our sign off? Play some fucking games. Go, go play some fucking games and shit. Get, go get weird. Get weird in your Let's games. Yes. Get fucking weird in your games this week, people. <laughs>